right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. We thank him for it. It is the easiest way to just get parts dropped right to your front door, back door, garage door. You pick them. You choose them. And I'm telling you, man, it's absolutely easy, simple. Anybody can do it. I can do it. That tells you a lot right there. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. Well, man, how are you doing today, Willie? How are you doing today? Oh, man, you know, I'm actually I'm pretty good. I'm looking forward to... Uh, the guy we have on is a longtime friend of mine. Uh, me, me and this guy have been in some crazy, rowdy scenarios before. And I feel like anybody that owns a diesel truck, especially on the performance side of diesel, has heard of ATS Diesel and Performance. Yeah, and I, and I think that anybody who's been a friend of yours for any length of time has been in a rowdy, crazy situation as well. And 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 you have brought me into the ATS world. I was just talking with Clint here. Uh, must have been nine, ten years ago that uh, you introduced me. What a what an awesome guy! What a great company man! And I am fired up because I am a huge diesel lover. Now, w- when you say diesel lover, man, I, it's amazing for me the people that like me. When first time I got into diesel, I'll be honest, I had a Dodge with a V10, twenty five hundred, you know, series pickup truck, and I would tow my hot rod or my race car when I was really getting into it and started going more from from street racing to you know track racing. Uh, and man, the first time I used my buddy's diesel, I gotta admit, man, I was like, I couldn't believe the night and day difference in how it pulled, how it felt, how it towed out. You know, I live out in Colorado, so elevation is a real deal, legit battle that we have out here. And man, it was like nothing pulling, you know, a big heavy load in a diesel truck. Oh, you know, it just laughs. Like no matter how much you put on it, it just laughs. And it seems like you can double the load and it didn't even notice. You know, it's amazing what what the diesels could do. And then fast forward into the last, you know, ten years or so, the capability of diesels are absolutely through the roof. Insane. I remember oh geez, uh, you know, in early two thousands, you know, one of my buddies had the Ford F two fifty, three fifty with the five two five sticker, you know, five twenty five foot pounds. And here we are literally double that you know i think the 21 you know f350 is a thousand and fifty foot pounds from the factory hey the, hey one of the few fords that i own and this is no joke 
And I own a 2001 F-250. Still have it. Still is my, you know, my hauler today. And that that truck was king of the hill back in the day with that 7.3. And it was 525 foot-pounds of torque. People laugh at that now. They're, they look at that now like, you know, you poor little, you know, it's like a like a three cylinder cat motor. <laughs> it's nothing. Well, it, it's it's crazy because now you know some of these you know turbo gas motors uh, really start to make you know the gasoline space you know fill in that lower end torque, right? It doesn't have the thousand fifty foot pounds, but when you think about that five twenty five years ago, uh, you pretty much had that replaced by you know let's say the Ford EcoBoost, you know. But the diesel has never stood still, and it just keeps racing ahead of the game. You know, I never thought we'd be from the factory a thousand foot pounds. Yeah, who would have? It's just mind blowing, and the things that you can tow. I mean, I mean, what was an over the road truck fifteen twenty years ago? What does that make for torque? You know, and and how does that compare to the thousand fifty? I mean, you could almost tow what those guys were towing. You know, twenty years ago, it seems like. You could tell your dang house. Oh, absolutely. There is no doubt. There is no doubt a new Ford, Chevy, Dodge pickup truck will out tow a semi, a tractor trailer from, you know, the, the early to mid-90s all day. Yeah, so <laughs> if you're in the business of moving stuff, especially big, heavy stuff, I mean, diesel is where it's at. And, uh, you know, I, I think I got an extra love for the diesel, you know, working at Ford, working at, uh, you know, research and advanced uh, engines that... You know, my team got to do the six seven from scratch. You know, quite a number of years ago. So it was a, you know, being a gas guy. You know, being into high performance and all that stuff, and then diving, you know, headfirst into diesel from a clean sheet of paper. I mean, just so many things to learn and and wrap your brain around. And uh, you know, that thing at the time was quite uh, inside out with the inboard exhaust and how the thing was laid out and the valve train that's in there, and uh, just super cool. And I just, you know, it, it just kind of deep in my passion and love for just everything that diesel can do yeah and, and if you recall that show man that was one of the coolest things ever because you actually got one of those shipped down to the two guys garage and we got to dissect it take it apart really get in depth and in detail you know before that thing was ever released and that was a big moment that was kind of a you know kind of a hey we you know we got something that nobody else gets their hands on and we gave a real in-depth inside look as to how that actually worked and you know all the functionality of it and and you know how that thing is able to make such big power yeah i almost forgot about that man that was really cool yeah we pulled some strings we got some really killer hardware man we got all the inside scoops some of the engineering behind the scenes behind the curtain uh to share with everybody kind of the new offering at the time uh, but hey, you know what? There's a lot of great new offerings out there. Clint Cannon's going to hook us up. He's going to give us the new skinny. Uh, so why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back real quick. ATS Diesel, guys. This is going to be an awesome episode. Uh, it's a Two Guys Garage podcast with Willie B and Kevin Bird. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It is presented by CarParts.com, the absolute easiest way to get car parts. 
literally just dropped right to your front door, your back door, your shop door. Uh, and I'm telling you, have you been on this app, uh, Kevin? It's so easy to use. It's like year, make, and model, and you got it. Are you kidding me, man? I've used this app so many times. It's so simple. Uh, you just get online. Boom. Pick out what you like. Just like you said, year, make, model. Select it. Boom, it's at your door. And these guys are stocking their own inventory. They pass on the savings up to 50% off, man. Uh, when you really get on there and look at prices and go to your parts store, uh, you're going to be mind blown. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt, man, for sure. Hey, and I, I got to tell you, when it comes to parts, you know, I don't know that there's a better guy out there making performance parts for diesel trucks than our boy Clint Cannon at ATS Diesel. Everybody knows it. You you grab any diesel magazine, man, World Series of Diesel, this, that, the other. You're bringing those competitions out in Indy. It is absolutely mind-blowing how fast, how hard they're pushing diesels. They got the dyno competition. And ATS is always an integrated part of everybody's build. Uh, Clint, welcome to the podcast, man. Dude, you've been doing the diesel thing, brother. I, I met you years ago. We've done a lot of cool uh, For those of you that don't know, I do a, a radio show, a morning show, on a rock radio station out in Denver, Colorado. And, man, we teamed up with Clint a long time ago and many moons ago, and we built some really cool stuff. He's uh, he's done a lot of cool things for the community out here. And, dude, it's really mind-blowing to see where ATS Diesel has gone over the last number of years and how you guys have really just taken off to super serve the diesel market, bro. You know, it's, it's this technology. You know, Kevin was just reminding me that uh... – we were chatting about this 10 years ago, I think this month, kind of when you came on the show. And uh, so that puts us back. We we're working on the stuff back at the station, uh, what, 12, 12, 13 years ago. So a lot of technologies happened since then. Oh, yeah, man. It's crazy. You know, as a guy that has seen all the technology and all the transformations and evolutions of diesel, of performance, what do you say are, you know, your biggest like, oh, wow, I can't believe we're doing this now moments. What are, the, you know, some of the big evolutions that you've seen? And what are some of the biggest hurdles that you as a as a guy making diesel performance stuff, what are some of the biggest, you know, sort of hurdles and walls you came up, up against? You know, I mean, there's certainly no question, you know, letting the uh, kind of the cat out of the bag, you know, the emission stuff has definitely been the, the big one. Absolutely. And this uh, big green thing that we, you know, this world that we're living in and, you know, fossil fuels and, you know, diesel's here to stay. There's no question about it. And now that diesel's gotten so clean, you know, and the amount of torque we're making and, and horsepower we're making these things, it was, it was just, you know, really, you know, the little, the last five or six years has really been figuring out how to keep inside these systems so we can, so we can reprogram the computers and more so understanding the after treatment systems, you know, the after treatment systems, it's just a, it's, it's an incredible science that's going on that's treating these these gases after they leave the turbocharger. Hey, and, and Clint, would you please refresh everybody's memory? Um, a lot of people see smoke or, you know, a, a diesel rolling coal, and they're like, oh, my God, what is doing to the environment? <laughs> is that the other? It's kind of mind-boggling how they, you know, you realize that's carbon. That's the most fertile molecule in the galaxy. It's on, it's on stars, meteors, asteroids all over this planet. Like, there's nothing you want more to bond uh, with um, and more, more of a fertile molecule than, than carbon. Uh, but, man, we really, you know, you guys have really been able to milk the performance and clean it up, uh, you know, in the last few years. 
Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's kind of an interesting story what happened. You know, the old diesels, the low pressure injection, basically the diesels that make a lot of noise that clatter like your old 7.3, you know, the, the diesel, the, the black smoke that comes out of those low pressure injection diesels really is not that bad for the environment, one, for your lungs. I mean, yes, it's sooty and it's kind of dark and it's black and, and it'll make you coughed up, but, but in essence, it doesn't burn the diesel fuel so finely that it becomes a hindrance to where it actually gets into your cells. So as the EPA continued to put some more stringent um, you know, con controls around these things, then that meant that the diesel started burning at a higher injection rate and the molecules would get stronger. Well, when that happened, it started to kind of clean them up, but the two things happened. One is they started emitting a lot of NOx and the NOx is the thing is, is one of the very, that's a, that's a clear gas, it's very dangerous. And that's, one, and that's why you have urea in your trucks today because it kind of counteracts it and it, and it basically neutralizes that. But the black smoke went from black to kind of this gray and that basically made the particles so small that when you breathe them, they get into your lungs and, and, it's, and it's very, very bad for you. I mean, it really causes cancer. So, so with the EPA putting these regulations on, on diesels, they kind of created this, this worse condition yeah, that was coming out of the tailpipes. And then of course they came out in 07, like, wait a minute, this isn't gonna work. We've got to clean these things up. You've got to put a filter on them. And that's really where things got really interesting when, when they started mandating that we, you put a, literally put a filter on your engine to filter everything that comes out of that, out of the exhaust. You're talking about the diesel particulate filter. Uh, if you don't mind, could you, could you kind of break that down, you know, either you or Bird, because I feel like a lot of people don't understand all those layers and all that burn off and what it's doing and why it's doing it and, you know, the reason we're doing it. There's so much just that is such a point of failure on so many vehicles and causes, you know, it robs horsepower, it robs efficiency, but it's something that, you know, we have to have nowadays. But can you walk us through maybe a step-by-step -step process, either one yeah. of you, as to what's going on then? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can make it really pretty easy. So anytime you have black smoke in a diesel, that means your air-fuel ratio, that means you're too rich. Black fuel, black smoke is essentially unburnt diesel. So that is, it's, it's going to, it has a lot of particulate, right? So there's a couple things going on. The air enters the engine. And it goes through, and then you have what you call an EGR. And most people know what an EGR is. It's, it's exhaust gas recirculation. And the exhaust gas recirculation is a device that's on the engine that basically regurgitates, it takes exhaust, and it shoves it into the intake of the engine, which basically lowers NOx and it lowers the invisible gases, but it also reduces oxygen content. And you reduce oxygen content, that means you get one thing, more black smoke. So, so you're really kind of killing yourself, but you have to have the EGR to fight the the clear gas that's so poisonous. EGR is kind of a weird one because you think, how are you cooling your combustion with hot exhaust gas? Right, right, exactly. Uh, you know, but your combustion is hotter than than the exhaust gas because you actually pull energy out of it by pushing the piston. So yes, you have really hot gas coming out, but it is cooler than what is being burnt. So when you swing it back in the front side again, it it's already inert, right? It's like uh uh, you know, any kind of welding gas, right? It, it, it doesn't burn. It doesn't create oxygen or anything like, so it's, it's just going to go along for the ride. It's going to take up space. Like Clint said, 
So you're not going to get as much oxygen in it because it's taking up volume, but it's a, a mass that's going to absorb some heat and NOx formulation, like NOx gases coming out are a function of temperature. So if you can get the same pressure to push your piston down at a lower temperature, you're going to bring those bad NOx gases down. So that's why that EGR is in there. As much as we might hate it sometimes, it does serve a pretty powerful function. Absolutely. I mean, and it's really a part of it. You know, this is one of the this is one of the big things that everybody's talking about today is like, I don't want to have this EGR. Can you figure out how to get rid of the EGR? I mean, it's like, guys, EGR is here and it's really EGRs are fripped because with it, with the addition of EGR, it really fights the, the, the knocks at a, at an engine level. So we don't have to deal with it so much downstream. And the other thing that's nice about that is there, there's a couple of things when you're getting rid of NOx is either you can ingest EGR or you can back time enough. Well, you start backing time and off and all of a sudden your power goes away. And so you're really, you're really backwards. So this allows us to run a little bit more timing. Now, the key is you've got to run more airflow. And this is something I'm going to get to in a little bit. But if you're just dealing with, say, a, just a regular old turbocharger and you, and you only have so much airflow, then that air goes through the engine and it burns and there's some soot level. And then that, that gray or whatever that soot is, the particulate that Willie was just talking about, the particulate filter, the particulate filter essentially has to filter, literally filter all that exhaust that's coming out of the engine. So now your exhaust is clean, but you're also dealing with a lot of back pressure. And a lot of and the back pressure means that you're not allowed to suck as much air into the engine. So it's so it's one of these it's one of these things that's just repeating. The the more you put on it, the harder it makes the engine work to actually get the same amount of power out of it. And then once you get past the DPF, then you go through basically a catalyst, the NOx catalyst, and everybody that's putting urea into the into your engines or into the tank, you know, that mixes and then it basically neutralizes the NOx so you have a, a nice clean burn. Well, you know, all that sounds good in theory. It all it, It's all great and it's functional, but if things aren't exactly right or aren't exactly tuned, then your after treatment system is constantly regenerating. Well, get this. So the kicker to this whole thing is, is in order to clean the, the diesel particulate filter, you have to spray more raw fuel at it to turn it into basically a rosebud. And then that heat starts to burn off the, the particulate and it cleans the filter and then it kind of goes through the cycle. So, so the whole routine of getting it dirty and then trying to make it clean, getting it dirty, going back and forth, the, the technology there to make this stuff work is proper tuning and a lot of airflow. So upgrading the turbocharger or adding compounds. And that's one of the things we're doing a lot of today. In fact, that's what we're testing right now in California is compound turbochargers on the 20 Ram to give us all that airflow we need. So the, so the diesel particulate filter doesn't overwork in it and you don't lose the mileage and you, you don't have to suffer from that low power, you know, that, that we've been kind of suffering from the last few years. So, I mean, it's really exciting stuff, you know, it's, it's cool. Hey, so Clint, I got a question for you. You know, you, you just, you know, walked us through several steps, you know, and, and when you hear that, man, it, it's kind of crazy what what you got to do to produce, you know, the, the right temp, the right gases, the right emissions and so forth. Uh, it did make me kind of have a question. Do you feel like the, the face mask that we've all been, you know, kind of forced to wear over the last year, that's kind of like an EGR valve for humans. 
Do you agree? Yeah, no? um, <laughs> it was a particulate filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. um, <laughs> and every now and then you gotta you gotta urea and, and clean it off a little bit. <laughs> Taking some more particulates, you know, like you gotta wash that dang thing. You guys with your stinky masks out there, you know. You know, are, are those all? Why are those such points of failure, and why do they cut down? so drastically on efficiency and power well again so so it's it's all about balance you know i mean the the manufacturers are getting really really good at understanding this balance but it also is as the as the power level you're you're noticing the power levels are increasing you know i mean we're seeing 500 or 450 horsepower a thousand foot pounds of torque out of the factory on these vehicles right and these are emissions on trucks and these are trucks that are outperforming anything in the past well that's great until you start loading them. Then they start getting hot and you're, you're back down to the old standards of, of literally 10 years ago, the same power level because the heat saturation. So the key again is airflow. So the technology does exist, but you really have to fine tune. I mean, we're seeing the biggest gains by taking what the factory give us really fine tune in the calibrations. Cause they're, I mean, they're really not doing an amazing job of, of dialing in the calibrations. There's quite a bit of bandwidth there. And then, sizing the turbocharger or like say adding another turbocharger or working on air density getting air density is huge on these things it's it's all about how much oxygen you can get in the cylinder to burn this diesel the, the every 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 little percent that you gain in the efficiency in the cylinder burn you gain it everywhere because you're not overloading that after treatment system so really your your limit is how bad your abusing the after treatment systems on these things or or going the other direction if you can keep them clean then you can really pick up a, just a ton of power and efficiency and and longevity and gas mileage we're going to talk about that next we got to take a break now but when we come back more on how to get more efficiency power and what you guys at ats diesel and performance have done to really you know aggressively attack some of these scenarios uh that we signed find so prevalent in today's diesels it makes people want to buy diesels you know before all of this diesel particular filter came into play what which i believe it was you know 2007 or 2009 or somewhere in that ballpark everybody is looking for power before that but clint has been able to make power after those years uh we'll talk to him about it next on the two guys garage podcast with kevin bird and willie b It is the Two Guys Rides Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have our boy Clint Cannon, A2S Diesel on. It's presented by CarParts.com. I'm telling you, this is the easiest way to get car parts. And it doesn't matter if it's maintenance, collision, just general repairs that we all do and should do on our rides. Uh, and you get them dropped right to your door. Kevin knows this. I know this. You guys should know this. Yeah, check them out, man. CarParts.com. The awesome way to get parts at your door. Now, we were talking about, uh, you know, some of the challenges, a lot of the challenges of getting diesels clean. Uh, and there's a whole slew, a whole stack of technologies that are on diesels. And, you know, for many of us, myself included, I mean, if I go back to the, uh, you know, late 80s, 90s and hot rodding, you know, I'm stripping off EGR. I'm taking off auxiliary air pumps. You know, heck, I'm even pulling my AC off because I'm dumb and I'm thinking it's going to make my car go faster. Heck um, yeah, will. And you know, we came out of the we came out of the late seventies and eighties where it was so smog that you know a V 8s making one hundred and forty five horsepower. So clearly, we have this perception of all this technology is killing us, and we got to strip it off. But what Clint's kind of doing is looking at that technology and going, "What does it 
functionally doing because we got to run these things clean. And like you said, if you think about it, from the OE, we're making a thousand plus horsepower or thousand plus foot pounds, almost 500 horsepower. So clearly we're not getting robbed. Now we are adding a bunch of complexity and some of that can go wrong. Uh, but it's guys like Clint that can make sure that the system is operating properly and he's got the right smarts and strategy to go and figure out how to leverage all that stuff that's there, preserve it, and what are the things that need to get done to blow past that thousand foot pound foot pound mark, right? Yeah. So I mean, and it's and it's exactly that. I mean, one thing wonderful about the stuff the world we live in is technology, you know, drives everything. And understanding the technology, you know, lets us lets us really, you know, do a lot of things and and, you know, you kind of mentioned a little bit about programming. Programming is a big deal, but I'll tell you what the hard parts, the hard, when I say hard parts, it's exhaust manifolds, turbochargers. Turbochargers today are the holy grail, like they're everything. And there is so much technology in turbochargers. You know, we've been working on a turbocharger, our Aurora turbocharger for many, many years. And it basically is a, is a VNT style turbocharger that replaces the factory stuff that allows you remove the factory and you just drop it right in and, the big thing that we've found is working on the efficiencies on the turbine section, you know, hanging a bigger compressor on to get more airflow in the engine. That's one thing, but you really have to pay attention to the compressors or the turbine side. The turbine side has taken all that wasted energy from the engine, driving that turbine, which drives the compressor and how the, the veins are mapped out. So there's actually veins that are in the turbine section and dynamically controlling back pressure to boost pressure to the right ratio based on the kind of the signature of that engine is really where, where we're finding a, a ton of gains on this thing. Not, so not necessarily going with a bigger turbocharger, but balancing how much drive to boost. You gotta, you gotta evolve that, that fact a little bit, because that is so crucial uh, to power efficiency and really where you make gains that nobody else can find. Um, explain that a little bit uh, in depth. And, uh, you know, this is uh, an opportunity for Bird to, to go all nerd on this too. It's because uh, this is really cool. This is, you know, really how that turbo breeze and how that engine breathes together and that sort of symbiotic relationship uh, and those pulse widths and everything else that you're, you know, you're trying to get where it's just smooth, consistent, and efficient. God, does that make an impact on overall performance? Oh, I mean, oh, it's huge. I mean, understand, you know, the, the, in, in basic, you know, the, the volumetric efficiency of an engine, that's what we're all, that's what we're looking for. We want as much air packed in that cylinder as possible. Well, there's no secret to get the air packed in the cylinder, like burnable oxygen in the cylinder. That means you have to get it out. And if you have too much back pressure, if you have too much restriction in the exhaust system, in the turbocharger, that means that you're fighting, you're not allowing that fresh air to come into the engine. So balancing that back pressure, which is your exhaust back pressure to the boost pressure and understanding that fine ratio that how much back pressure to boost pressure allows that engine to make your maximum power. That's what, that's, that's where there's just huge gains. I mean, you know, in the past we were doing that with wastegates and, you know, now we have computers and now we have, you know, a standalone module that goes between the ECM and the, and the variable turbocharger and called the IntelliBoost. And the IntelliBoost looks at back pressure, it looks at boost pressure and controls that based on the driving, the engine RPM, the, the command, what throttle position, everything that's going on in the engine. And it's really maximizing, letting that turbocharger maximize the airflow through the engine. And anytime you maximize, you get maximum airflow through the engine, 
That means you have the maximum amount of air to burn to turn it into power. The more of that stuff you burn in the cylinder, the less black smoke you got, the less you're overworking the after treatment system. Are you guys making that or is that something that you're yeah. just, you're further developing? No, that's our product. Yeah, no, that's that's one of our projects that products that we've been engineering for the last few years. Kevin, do you look at that on a on a you know on a OE side and go, wow, that's that's kind of impressive because I know you guys probably look at that, but being you know the warranty, the Zevlev rules, and all these guidelines that you guys have, uh, is it cool for you to see people like this in the aftermarket? Uh, getting after it aggressively? Well, it's very similar and symbiotic. Uh, the OEs are doing very similar things, but they're doing it for different targets, different requirements, right? Different goals. Uh, Clinton's doing it for, I want more. I, I want to go past that, right? The OEs are competing with each other in their segment and they're trying to keep pushing the needle, right? Walking us from 525 to 1,000. Clint's starting at a thousand and going, Hey, I want to go to 1500. I want to go to whatever it is. Uh, so he's, you know, he's just constantly moving the needle a little bit past. And, you know, of course, if we put, let's say Clint's parts on an OE, uh, for most people it would be, let's say overkill, but for us, you know, horsepower junkies, it's exactly what we want. So, you know, he's filling in, let's say that different kind of space, you know? Uh, so it's cool to to see who puts the technologies out first, but then what what are people doing with them? And it's always great to see what the OEs can kind of deliver because now we're you know now we're into Hellcats, now we're into GT five hundreds, now we're into a thousand foot pounds, and there's always more, right? And Clint's one of those guys that's yeah. pushing it. Now I will say you know go back kind of my earlier statements walking into this segment, uh, you know again if we go back to earlier hot riding we could kind of wrap our brain around it. Like, wow, if I just take that cam out and put a big one in there and I turn a couple screws with just my carburetor, my tuning, I'm going to make power. Now this stuff is so damn complicated to the average person that it can seem overwhelming. And again, you want to, you think you want to go in there and strip a lot of stuff out and get back to simplicity. Uh, that could work in a dirty world, but in a clean world, that technology is there. And so what we're doing now is this whole emissions thing, we're, we're winning at the end of the day. We're getting clean, insane power, right? That's a great combination. But what we have to do is we have to lean on guys like Clint to give us the package, right? What's the package? What components and the tune? So all that complicated stuff is figured out, right? So it's like the smartphone. None of us are figuring out from a dumb old dial phone to a smartphone. It's just give me the phone that's got the camera in it, that's got the Wi-Fi, that's got the... You know, and the interface is dirt simple. So that's kind of in the world we are today. We, we're, we're migrating from stripping random stuff off of, you know, our vehicles and putting on parts. And we're going to these badass proven emissions legal bundles that we know are going to work. And they're going to make killer power and they're going to be clean, which is kind of cool. Because yep. it wasn't like that in the 70s and the 80s, right? No, it, exactly. And, and that's something I talk about a lot. You know, we go back in, you know, 79 when they came out with catalytic converters and this EGR thing, and they were stripping them off. And, you know, what happened 10 years later? You know, we had the most high horsepower gas hot rods with all the emission stuff on it that would, would blow these other, you know, these older vehicles away. And the same things happen in diesel. You know, you just have to, you just have to embrace the technology, understand how this stuff work is working and, and, uh, just kind of maximize on it, but it's, it's, it's a good time, you know? You know, it's a good point, Clint, but how do you and your team at ATS Diesel and Performance really do that? Do you guys take new, you know, new Fords, new Chevys, new Dodges, and you go, okay, 
let's push them till they blow or find the weakest link. Let's, you know, find ways to improve it. How do you guys, as a company that lives in the performance and after market world, how do you guys strive to hit that next, you know, evolution? Uh, the answer is yes. So <laughs> there's, there's a reason why I own every one of these vehicles. I, I own more trucks than I could ever drive, but I, I own them for that reason because we buy them brand new from the factory and then we start tweaking. We know a lot of things that, you know, are just going to be inherently a problem, but a lot of them, we just run them. I mean, we load them up super heavy and we push them. And, you know, most of our, I mean, most of our stuff is not so much hot rodding and it's kind of hot rodding, but I mean, it basically is, it's for the everyday guy, guys that are towing loads. If you take a brand new vehicle today and, and load it up 25,000 pounds and you go up by 70, at the halfway mid mark, it's not making the rated power anymore. As soon as it hits 1,508 degrees on a GM, 1,480 on a Ford, as soon as it hits that kind of exhaust gas temperature, they start wicking fuel out and it just keeps pulling fuel out until it doesn't get hotter. So these trucks, you know, on the, the you put them on a dyno, yeah, they're going to make great power. I mean, they'll make almost 500 horsepower. You start loading them heavy, and they start dropping down well below 400, well below 350. I mean, you start losing all this power. And then it's also defueling, so it doesn't overwork the system. So taking these systems and upgrading all the, the choke points, the better turbochargers, tweaking them, all these little things is what makes them better and better. And it, it essentially... In some cases, we won't give them much more power. We may give them like another 10%. But at the top of Eisenhower Pass, it's still making that full power. It's not derated. Yeah, and you guys got to understand Eisenhower Pass is, you know, you're looking at nine, ten thousand 10,000 feet. Uh, Clint is out in Colorado where I'm at. Uh, I-70 is the corridor through the Rocky Mountains. And let me tell you, there are some hills that will change your, you, you know, sort of your pursuit and how you approach it, especially when you're hauling big loads and, and then coming down the hill is a different scenario. Uh, but but it is one of those things where you could really test not just the efficiency and, you know, how much power you have, but, you know, you're fighting heat soak, you're still climbing, there's altitude, there's, you know, cooling issues. Really, it's a, it's an ultimate testing ground for a, a lot of these applications, and, and I'm sure you find, you know, probably a, a lot of means of pushing the limits just because where you know where you're at, where you're testing some of these rides. Um, what is other things that ATS Diesel is doing to kind of evolve the diesel market out there? Because there's so many things you guys are kind of attacking. I'm glad you asked that because I mean we're we're talking about all these new trucks, but we haven't forgotten about the old trucks. You know, all these older trucks that have you know, all the five nines and the seven threes. So this IntelliBoost I was telling you about this new turbocharger, this turbocharger actually retrofits all the old diesels. So all the old diesels that have what they call a fixed geometry turbo, it's just a basic turbo, no veins in the turbine section. So we're retrofitting. Then the other part of this, the IntelliBoost is you take off your old, old school turbocharger off your 2003 Cummins or whatever it is, and you bolt on the Aurora VNT, and then the IntelliBoost controls it. And now the technology we have today, uh, I mean, the latest technology, like two days technology, 2020 technology, bolts right onto your 5.9 Cummins or right onto your 7.3. It's the no. same modular style turbocharger. Wow. It gives you an exhaust brake. It, it, it keeps the, the back pressure to boost pressure ratio exactly where you want it. You got a nice little interface. And that in itself is probably more exciting than the new stuff we're doing, just because it allows these older trucks that are built, that are incredible trucks, they just need a little bit of technology. So guess what it does? It ups the power. It makes them safer to drive for downhill because you get the exhaust brake. It makes them spool quicker. 
there's less smoke coming out the exhaust pipe because the engine has more oxygen. It's 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 freaking killer, dude. I mean, it's it's really exciting stuff. That's amazing because, like you said, there are so many great trucks out there, right? Older trucks and in, in great shape, uh, and to be able to kind of pump them up and give them another life, you know, kind of get them closer to what these new, you know, eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollar trucks are going for, you know, super cool. Yeah, I mean, the trucks haven't changed that much. Yeah, they got a little nicer stereo and the seats are a little bit more comfortable, but you know, they're basically the same. You know, there's all these older trucks, man. They are incredibly. I mean, it still makes up the majority of our business. You know, our 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 people, guys that have trucks, they love their trucks. You know, once you get a truck dialed in and it's where you want it, you just, you want it. And if you can add technologies to them, you know, a better turbocharger, better manifolds, a six-speed transmission, you know, instead of the old three-speed or the four-speed, it just makes them like brand new trucks. So it's, it's, just a, it's a cool deal. You mentioned something there that, you know, you just kind of kind of brazed by, but what a lot of people don't realize, trucks now are 70, 80, 90,000 plus dollars. You know, they're utilitarian in some regards, but now they're just, you know, God, they're making so much power. They're they're quiet. They drive like cars, but yet they can pull thousands upon thousands of pounds. Like, you kind of hit that on the head, man. A truck is, there's no doubt several reasons why trucks are outselling cars nowadays. And the fact that you're able to, you know, take a, you know, an 073 like I have, man, with an ATS turbo on it, uh, and you could upgrade that to new technology, that, that definitely puts a smile on our face because we don't want to get rid of those trucks. They're still yeah, workhorses. No, no doubt. Well, and you got, you got for the old Dodges, you got the new uh, sort of Allison swap scenario going on too. That's huge. Yeah, that, that actually is way bigger, much, much bigger than I thought it would be. I mean, I, I, you know, Chrysler inherently – is always cheaped out on their transmission. I mean, forever. I mean, literally from the five nine Cummins with their forty eights. You know, it wasn't a great transmission. You could make it. You could make it great by rebuilding it, putting all billet parts in, it and really upgrading it. And then in 07 and a half, ironically, right when the emissions trucks came out, they basically took a gas transmission and they put a bigger bell housing on it, bigger torque converter. They called the sixty eight RFE, but it literally. From 07 to current, if you went and bought a brand new truck today off the lot, it would still have the same 2007 and a half transmission in it that is a gasoline transmission with a diesel torque converter. And it has been an industry and an epic failure. I mean, we build more parts to upgrade the 68 RFE than every transmission combined. And it still is not a great, reliable transmission. So there was just a huge need. Everybody was always saying like, man, if I could get an Allison transmission behind my Cummins, it would be the, that would be the, the epic vehicle of the universe. And, you know, so everybody kept asking about it. Well, we thought maybe we could make this Chrysler training work, but it's just, it's such a problem in the industry that everybody just hates the 68. So, so I'm like, all right, let's, let's just keep funneling money into tooling and figure out how to make this Allison like, I mean, it's the golden transmission of, of all vehicles. It's a six speed, it's co- it comes out of a medium duty vehicle, you know, that Allison built. And it's just, it's fantastic, but it doesn't, it doesn't work behind the Cummins. So we basically built, you know, we cast the case and the extension housing, the bell housing, the torque converter. And we designed this whole thing just to bolt up. You take your Chrysler transmission out and you bolt it literally bolted behind the Cummins engine and it's, it's, it's flawless. Well, that's half the battle. The other part of it is 
the, yeah, you got electronics and stuff. Yeah, the ECM, the TCM is married to the to the engine. So if you take the TCM out of a RAM pickup, guess what? Remote start doesn't work. Reverse lights don't work. Your backup camera doesn't work. Cruise control doesn't work. You can't put it in four wheel low. Like the vehicle, nobody got time for that. Dude, the vehicle doesn't work. It's terrible. I mean, it's and so you so kill me with this trash talking Dodge, man. Killing me, <laughs> kill me. I'm dying. I'm dying. Uh, I was I was biting my tongue, Willie. Th- this whole package, like it. It's so evasive to the to the operation of the vehicle that it's not really feasible. Well, the, what we just came out with is a complete integrated computer system, basically a CAN module that that allows the Allison TCM to completely integrate into the vehicle, and the vehicle believes that it's running the factory transmission. Still, I mean, everything works. Damn, Clint. You're crazy, man. Who would have thought you could do that? Dude, this, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, we're, we're pretty proud of this technology, but it's been just, we have spent just so much time on it. It's, it's so integrated. As complicated as that, to make the factory vehicle computer operate and think a completely different transmission is somehow not the one that you put in there and make it all run so seamlessly. That That's the kind of awesome stuff that... Uh, embracing technology can get you man kevin it's not that difficult hold on let's it's not that difficult all you gotta do is offer the dodge i don't know probably a, a couple pieces of beef jerky and, and a pack of marlboro lights and it, it'd be okay with it <laughs> well clint where can people find out more about some of your awesome goods uh just go to atsdiesel.com you know just go to google type in ats you'll you'll get to us or go to our youtube channel we've got a i've got a ton of videos out there i get pretty excited about this stuff and it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. They're kind of I'm kind of long winded when you start talking about it. So if you, so if you're gonna watch one of my videos, it's probably best that you get a couple beers and sit down and just listen to me ramble. We'll have to have you on again, man, because there, there's a lot of stuff you're doing in this performance and clean emissions side of things that really is promising. And you know, it makes these diesel trucks that everybody's spending so much money on, so much investment on, uh, really worthwhile for the long haul for performance, uh, for towing and everything else. So. Um, again, check it out, y'all. ATS Diesel. Uh, they're changing the game. You can literally follow these guys, YouTube, Facebook, uh, and the works. Uh, hey, Clint, we definitely appreciate your time, man. Hey, don't forget about our show, Era Weekend, on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Thanks to our guest, Clint Cannon from ATS Diesel. My man, Kevin Bird. I will be a producer, Scoop, and executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com, and share your thoughts with us. We're on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, this is Two Guys Garage podcast. It's copyright 2021, Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Yeah, man, that's some cool stuff, man. dude. Those numbers they're making on diesels oh. nowadays are absurd, bro. And Clint is a perfect guy to do it, man. That guy is a straight cowboy. There's not many people as wild west as Clint, man. I'm telling you. I've had some great times with that guy. That's a smart dude. He ain't got no fear, man. He's just always crushing it. Hey, you know what's funny, man, is is I've been to his shop before, man, and he talks about we make stuff for the OEM, you know, for the OE guys, the guys pulling their, their car haulers and, you know, toy haulers and hunting, you know, gear and all that stuff. But, man, I have been there before, seen his facility, and these dudes strapping trucks in there with, you know, 1,500 foot-pounds of torque, 2,000 foot-pounds of torque, you know, on their dyno in their facility. Like, 
It is badass to see the numbers and performance that are ringing out of diesels. I absolutely love it, man. It's just cool to have them on. Make sure you guys check it out, ATS Diesel and Performance. And we'll catch you on the next Two Guys Garage Podcast. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.